Welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs, actually the 50th episode of Retrovaniacs, and as in the other 49, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And most weeks, Billy Holiday. Hello there. And uh, and this week we're going to look at two different games uh, from the Earthworm Jim series, the only two you'd actually want to cover. Uh, but until we get to that, uh, first I do want to thank everyone who listens to the podcast. It's been 50 episodes. Uh, I honestly wasn't sure how long we were going to do this for, if it was going to work, if it was going to be, uh, you know, even worth continuing on. But I've, I've enjoyed it. I hope everyone else uh, has enjoyed listening to it. And I hope that both uh, Billy and Jeremy uh, don't hate me for all the games we're picking. But uh, I do want to thank everyone. Uh, for listening I know to it the... was uh, it was pretty shaky after that general chaos episode. <laughs> if, if we were actually going to continue doing this, uh, but yeah, I, it, we I enjoy doing it. Uh, it. It's it's been fun since I started, you know, since we started doing this. So I, uh, hopefully we can we can keep doing it. Yeah, and it's it's been a great time and and a, a tremendous response to it. Also, I, I'd like to thank everybody that's that's listened in, whether it's been uh, via the podcast or YouTube or wherever. But uh. Yeah, I think I, I feel like we're just scratching the surface so far. Well, I did do some research. It turns out there's a lot more than 50 retro games. So we have plenty more to go through yes. before we run out of material, uh, which is a nice treat <laughs> for this sort of podcast. I, I think the question is how many TurboGrafx-16 gems from your childhood remain? Oh, man, I've got a whole <laughs> sheet of them, but not this week. This week we're not going to do one of those. Uh, we're going to, again, talk about Earthworm Jim on the uh, Sega Genesis slash Super Nintendo. But before we do that, Billy, what have you been playing since last episode? Whew, you know, the PlayStation uh, over on the PSN, they've had a they've had a couple sales in a row. Uh, and I've, I've, I pick a few things up here and there, things I've looked at you know over the months but didn't want to plunk down full price for. Uh, I got a I got a game Abzu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's A B Z U. Uh, so I feel pretty confident. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was a you know I love my walking simulators. It's been well documented. This is a, more of a, a swimming simulator. Uh, it took maybe two or three hours to play through. I sat down in one day and and, and got through it. Uh, it was it was enjoyable enough. Uh, other than that, I picked up a game also on sale called The Flame and the Flood. And this is a uh, one of those, you know, roguelike deals. Uh, you play a, a girl and a dog that must traverse a uh, flooded, uh, flooded world, uh, stop at various places to pick up supplies. Uh, it's a little bit like Don't Starve, uh, except out on the river. And I have enjoyed that one quite a bit, even though it is, it, it carries a difficulty to it, uh, but not frustratingly so. Uh, I've been playing those two a little bit, and otherwise, I, I just haven't had as much time as I'd want, but we uh, I played through both games for this, and that took up a little bit of my time. Yeah, I definitely put a lot of time into these two games. I, I've played the first one many times, but I actually never finished mm-hmm. the second one. I uh, got to the later levels till we worked on this podcast. So I did put a lot of time into that. I, uh, I did finish Persona 5. I know at the, the last episode I had said I was at the very end. Well, I, I finished that pretty much the day after we recorded, and then I, I made the mistake. I try to focus on on one to two games at a time, or else I never finish anything. I like to have one console game and one handheld game, and I, I kind of focus on that that set of two instead I'll just play a million games. But instead, after I finished Persona, I just started dabbling and playing like five minutes of a bunch of different games, and then I realized what I was doing again, and uh, and so I decided to focus, but that's a, that's a fairly 
new focus for the last three days. So I, I downloaded again from the PS4 sale. Uh, I got the Ratchet and Clank uh, remake, restart, yeah. reimagining, whatever it is. Uh, excellent. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I was a big fan of the series anyway, uh, but uh, it's definitely you know a nice take on the story from the first game. I'm not super far in. I think I'm four or five hours in total, but uh, it's still excellent game. Loving that. And then for handhelds, I uh, I don't know why I, I downloaded uh the Ease 4 remake for the Vita a long time ago, and I love that series. I, I, I played Ease Book 1 and 2 on the TurboGrafx uh, many, many times, and then I, I like the other entries in the series, but 4 never came out in the U.S. until uh, the Vita version. So I downloaded it when I first got my Vita and then never played it. Like, I started, I was like, I'll get back to this later. So I've been focused on that a lot, and uh, it, it's good. It's very good. I don't know if you like the Ease series at all, either of you guys, but it's a simpler... Action. I mean, it's a simpler RPG, action RPG. It's it's more RPG than like a Zelda, but it's it's still a, a lot more like you push the button, you swing your sword. It's not uh, it's not like you have a whole lot of stats to mess with, other than just you get stronger and stronger and stronger as the game progresses. But you do get new weapons and armors and things. But uh, that, that's that's really what I've been focusing on those two. Uh, and, and again, until I buy a hundred more games on this sale, because I think there's another two weeks left <laughs> on this sale, and I, I guarantee <laughs> I'm gonna buy fifty thousand things. So what about you, Jeremy? Uh, well, for me, I guess. Uh since we had to kind of put this put this podcast off uh, about a week, I, I was able to grab the the new Diablo three Necromancer pack, um, and I was a huge fan of of the Necromancer in, in Diablo two. That was my favorite class, and uh, not having it in three really really hurt. I, I, there really wasn't much of of any character in three that I actually enjoyed playing. So when this one came out, I grabbed it. It's like fifteen bucks. Um, and, uh, man, it's, it's made me realize just how much I, I miss Diablo two. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's basically the necromancer from Diablo two, but it's been heavily reworked with, uh, several different, uh, new abilities that you can use, uh, and, and go about, uh, getting through the game with, of course you got your corpse explosion and all that stuff, bloody mess. Um, but there's also a, a, a hell of a lot more with, with him being able to, uh, raise minions like skeletons and golems and, and things like that to help you along. Uh, for me, I'm just I'm just sticking with uh, my uh, corpse explosions because that's what I'm all about. And uh, I've been having a lot more fun going through Diablo three with with this guy uh, than the previous characters that I tried, which was like the barbarian and the um, ah the was it the demon hunter? Uh, and that was, they're they're pretty they're they're not too bad, but the necro- necromancer is is the way to go if, if you were a fan of, of that class back in Diablo 2. Um, besides that, I, I really haven't been playing too much. Uh, that's, that's just about it. And like I said, beside, besides these two games, which has surprisingly taken up a decent amount of time, especially for that second, second game. I definitely played a lot of Diablo 3 when it first came out. I, uh, I liked it a lot. I actually did play a Barbarian uh, the whole way through, and then I... I started everybody at, at some point, every one of the classes, but I hadn't done any of the expansions at all. I, I don't know why it didn't grab me. I mean, I had a good time with it, but it was like once I finished it, I was like, that was fun. Never, never went back, but, uh, but I enjoyed it. It was a good time. I mean, it, it, that's about how I was when I first got it. Uh, if you haven't played it since then, uh, they've, they've really uh, turned that game around because I was, I was very underwhelmed with Diablo three, uh, back when it first came out, it was fun enough, but you know, it was definitely like, uh, it, it just didn't grab me. Uh, the whole auction house thing basically just broke the game immediately. Uh, but since then, they've closed that down. You know, they brought out uh, that one uh, expansion pack 
uh, for it. And now the Necromancer. And this game is, I could definitely see it being put on the same level as Diablo 2 in terms of just how mm. much content's there and how much fun it is to play. Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully this week we're going to play a game that has no expansion packs because it's too old for that sort of technology. Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 for mostly the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. <laughs> This was one I was very excited about Uh, for the 50th episode. You know, we wanted to go with something maybe not completely obscure, but not, but not something that, you know, not one of the major series. And I think this was a perfect, perfect choice. Loved the first game, played through it many times as a child, but surprisingly so never touched the second one. It's about the same boat that I'm in. I, I was Mm -hmm. all about earthworm gem back when I was a kid. Uh, the first game, and like you, I played through it several times, but uh, it just—I don't know if the second game just came out at a weird time or what, but I never touched it. Well, it came out. I mean, not, uh, or the original from Jim came out in nineteen ninety four, and the sequel came out a year later. So, oh, uh, unfortunately, well, then, it's yeah. the same time frame as the PlayStation, the Saturn. You know, the next whole generation it started. So, unless you were one of those people that that held off due to just not wanting the newest system or not having uh, the money to get the newest system, then, then you probably didn't rush to find the sequel to Earthworm Jim uh, on either of those two consoles. You were busy playing some terrible 3D game that didn't age very well. Uh, I, I know yep. I definitely did the same myself, uh, although I did have, I got Earthworm Jim 2 years later um, because I was still working at the Electronics Boutique, and people would trade in games, and for a long time you could kind of eh, game the system to get things you wanted for prices they probably <laughs> shouldn't be. So I, I had basically every game I wanted for the Super Nintendo and Genesis that you could get uh, at some point during that five-year window. And, and I definitely played a lot of this. I remember uh, I never finished Earthworm Jim 2, and I couldn't remember why. Uh, playing through, I did figure out why and where I got stuck before. Uh, and we'll get to that. But first, we'll cover the original Earthworm Jim. Uh, like I said, it came out in 1994, originally just for the Sega Genesis. Uh, later on, uh Port of the Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Gear, Master System, and PCs, uh, and even the Game Boy Advance far after that. Uh, it's one of the first games by Shiny Entertainment. Uh, Shiny Entertainment was uh, David Perry. It was his company. Uh, they went to make other games that uh, were, I think, pretty inventive and great. MDK, Wild Nine are the two that mm-hmm. I played a lot of both of those games. Um, mm-hmm. But but this was their first one. It's their big, iconic game. And again, I don't know if it's something that was just that time frame, because I know every... You know, 8-bit systems, even and after that, still had the idea of having, you know, the iconic franchise character. But something about 16-bit era was like everybody had one. Every company wanted their own mascot. Every company wanted their own, like, hit Mario-style character. Uh, You know, that's where we get the guys like Bubsy and all these other forgotten guys. uh, What Arrow the Acrobat, all these other characters no one remembers anymore. But Earthworm Jim was one that came out that stuck. And he he was cool, but without being extreme to the edge he was just funny it was a funny character a dumb backstory it didn't need anything other than just does this game play well oh it does good also this guy's interesting and he's not what you'd expect it's a, a 2d platformer at its core uh with with the ability to shoot but it's not like a run and gun like contra necessarily it's still you, you've got to have some good platforming skills uh, and the maps are a lot more all over the place. A very Genesis-style map system, you know, where it's yeah. the map goes back and forth and up and down all around the big the, the screen. It's not like just you start at the left side and you end up at the right side. All, all these maps are 
are involved and inventive. Uh, some are a little confusing because of how they're shaped because they're all on other planets, so you don't have to follow any kind of physics we see here on Earth. But uh, but the character itself is what makes this game memorable. You're, you're an earthworm in a magical spacesuit that turns him into kind of a half-human, half-earthworm. That's all you need to know. You don't need any other backstory at all. They, they try to give you some backstory, but it's just as dumb as anything you could think of involving an earthworm with a magical spacesuit. Yeah, and that's pretty much, that sold me as a kid. The fact that it's a fucking earthworm. It just happened upon this suit, and there's your character. Uh, there's nothing in-depth. And yeah, at the time, I mean, you had seen a lot of these, you know, attempts at, at mascots, usually an animal. Most time they had a shirt on. Uh, <laughs> usually you toss, toss a shirt on them or just one article of clothing, something. And uh, But yeah, this is the first time, you know, there's ever a fucking... You know, the fucking worm. And and that was a big deal to me as a kid at the time. And, and I'm pretty sure this is one of those where the box uh, and name alone uh, picked, uh, got this as the rental for the first time around. But I remember just renting this damn thing over and over because this was not one of those where the box was excellent. You got it home and you were let down. This was a, a solid one through and through. Yeah, no, that's about the same with me. I, uh, uh, there's there's just something about it, uh, the humor in it, uh, shiny entertainment. Uh, you know whether you like their their style of games or, or not, you you can't deny that they've got a, a hell of a sense of humor uh, for just about every game they put out. A, a kind of a dark sense of humor, and even though the the game and character is all crazy and stuff like that, it, it's still it it's got this random humor to it that it's so so good. You just want to get to the next stage just to see. Uh, you know, what crazy things that Earthworm Jim himself will do, what kind of bosses you're going to get into. Uh, and and there's usually an awesome payoff. And, and that's the thing I remember most mm -hmm. as a kid playing this game. It was not so much the act of playing it, but just how much I enjoyed uh, getting through through the game and, and seeing all the, the crazy stuff that, that they put in it. It's definitely one of those games where if you have the manual, you should read it. And if you don't have the manual, go find the PDF of it Read it online if you're not going to play the game. Because it's actually got... The, the manual start to finish is interesting. It's amusing. Uh, they name all the characters things that you you totally expect them to be named. I mean, Earthworm Jim fights against... Uh, his main villain, I guess, is Psy Crow. He's a, a space crow because, you know, he's a worm. Worms hate crows, so why not fight a space crow? Uh, the, mm -hmm. the main enemy you're supposed to be stopping is is uh, Queen Slug for a Butt, uh, who is a, a queen... <laughs> who's literally uh, got a slug for a butt. And uh, she's she's massive. She sounds exactly like what you'd imagine her looking like. You fight Professor Monkey for a head, who's a professor with a monkey for a head. They're, they're, it's the kind of thing that you can totally see guys just like, hey, here, here, we just threw these guys in here. It's amazing. And that's the same kind of things that you saw in Wild 9, MDK, and even uh, Doug Tendapel is actually the creator of Earthworm Jim, the character, and he voiced the character. He's, he began after this game, uh, the Neverhood. So that we did Skull Monkeys yeah. earlier this year. That, that's the same kind of game, same kind of feeling. This is exactly that style game. Uh, it's it's great. I mean, the the, the book itself. If, if you don't have any interest in playing the game, at least look at the book and read it because it'll it'll fill you in all the things that <laughs> that you'd never know by playing the game. Uh, in fact, the second game's worse than the first for that. The second game without the manual doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, but we'll get to that <laughs> in a minute. I jumped ahead of the gun there, but. Uh, did you guys finish this before this podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd finished this. I, I know they did an HD remake of this a couple years ago, and I, I did again then, too. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's it, well, it's not just that it's fun to play and it is worth seeing. Oh, well, let's let's see what's going to happen next. But every level is different. Every level, even if it's got the same kind of you know large kind of confusing map, they all have their own tweaks to each level that make each of them worth playing. Uh, for example, the first level is just New Junk City. It's it's exactly what you want it to be. It's a good starter level. It introduces you to the mechanics of the game himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim really only has a handful of abilities in the first game. He can shoot his blaster. Uh, and you can find some power-ups to that blaster uh, that you can use. There are limited uses, but uh, they're, they're spread out throughout the maps pretty well. You can whip your head, uh, like your the worm head, to grab onto things or as a weapon, so you can use it like uh, to, to swing from like pitfall uh, on different parts of the level. And then you can also jump, and then if you hold that button while you jump, uh, you turn your head into a helicopter by flipping your worm head around, <laughs> uh, and it helps you glide around the level. Those, those are the main moves that Jim has in the basic levels. And that first level really just shows you kind of how to use all those things. You know, there's there's um, like wires you can hang on in parts of the level as well. I mean, it just shows you the mechanics of the, the game, basically. Mm-hmm. But still, throughout the whole thing, I mean, even when you first start the level, I guess the, the first few minutes of the, of the first level, you walk to the side and you shoot this cow way up in the air and it just says, cow launched. And that that's not referenced again for quite some time. And you're not really even sure <laughs> why you did it. I mean, you think it's going to happen again in the level or maybe the next level after mm-hmm. that. But no, that... For a long time, I just thought it was just funny. Like, okay, cow launch, why not? No problem. But uh, that that level is is a good introduction. And then in between that level and the next level, this kind of first-person-y tunnel game where you're avoiding asteroids and picking up these little blue balls uh, while you race against Psycro. And, and it's called Anti-Asteroids, and you do it a bunch of times. So hopefully you enjoy it, because you're going to do it between every single level all the way from the start of the game to the end of the game. I, I like that minigame. I mean, I don't even know if you'd call it a minigame, but I thought that was actually pretty fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I highly enjoyed that. Um, you know, the, the fucking... And, uh, we'll talk about it more, but the music in this game, excellent. And, and it varies so much from stage to stage. And this one has a very, very frantic taste to it because i mean it's a, it's a high speed race on there and it's yeah very enjoyable which is good because you like you said you play this damn thing several times over uh but in this and like you're talking about the beginning you know with with jim's attacks there they're very few and it does a good job of teaching you and the first thing i noticed and this is something i remembered from back at the time was just how smooth this damn game controls uh I'm, I played on the Super Nintendo, which which I heard has a little slowdown to it. Uh, never played the Genesis version, uh, but I thought even then on there, this is a very responsive, uh, very easy to control game. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's very smooth. I I think for me, like I definitely had problems with with just how animated Jim is. Mm. Uh, and you know, if you've played Earthworm Jim, you know that's one of the main selling points to this game. Not only is the the character himself. Uh, insane but the animation in this game mm-hmm. uh, shiny entertainment you know they kind of uh, that's that's what they were known for they they were also i don't think they were shiny when they did aladdin for the genesis but that was still david perry um and and they worked uh, with a lot of uh, hand-drawn animation for that game mm-hmm. and and that carries over to earthworm jim as well but it also kind of brings that that weird overly animated character and uh, for me, when I was a kid, uh, there were definitely a lot of times where um, he's, he's maybe just a bit too animated. And I, I was actually like missing some jumps here and there just because I, I wasn't um, quite sure where, where his animation was going to, to land at the mm. time. Eventually, you get used to it. Uh, but yeah, that one was uh, it, it is a very, very smooth game. It controls really well. Um, but, you know, his animation is, is just kind of all over the place. <laughs> 
Well, it's another one of the games where you want to just stand still for a second because Jim will do a bunch of different things while he's just standing there idle waiting for you to do something. Um, oh, yeah. But aside from that, you're right. Everything you do in the game is animated really well. Uh, I think the jumping's a little bit floaty, like you said, but it's less of an issue on the Genesis version. Uh, mm-hmm. Than the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had only played this on Genesis before uh, until I, till the HD remake. I had it on the the Sega CD Special Edition. Uh, that oh come shit! Out. Ooh, uh, can't hide money. Uh, well, that, <laughs> when you're one of the 17 people with a Sega CD, you buy games for it because you want to want to feel good about it. Uh, and if it wasn't, uh, you know, I had all those. Uh, RPGs, the Lunars and stuff, but oh, I didn't yeah. have a lot of games on that that were well, worth hey, I, playing. I played Slam City with Scotty Pippen all the time on See? there, so I, I understand. <laughs> you understand quality. I, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but on the Genesis, I thought it controlled a little bit better than on the Super Nintendo. It's one of the few games I'd actually mm. say I prefer on the Genesis than the Super Nintendo. But it's... I mean, that's the crazy thing. It's like, you know, you grow up, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, the generally 90% of the time, the better version was on the Sega or the uh, Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I went through childhood and all most of adulthood thinking that I played the superior version of Earthworm Jim on the Same Super here. Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And uh turns out, no, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just a little bit easier to control. It, it's not any faster, but it seems like the response time on the Genesis is a little bit better. And also, um, the Super NES version, uh, the the picture itself is just a bit zoomed in and stretched, uh, which, you know, with how kind of floaty the controls are and how all over the place the levels are anyway, um, it can make some of those jumps harder to see than what they actually are on on the Genesis, which is, uh, it's got a proper uh, format to it and it's not stretched. Uh, So I was actually, I went back and played a few levels of the Genesis for this uh, podcast. I was like, geez, this is... This is the one to have right here. Yeah, it's definitely the Genesis I think handles better. And in fact, the the Sega CD version uh, actually has some extra levels that aren't in the standard Genesis release or in the Super Nintendo release. Um, after, so you go through New York City, and then there's that asteroid level, and then there's a level called What the Heck, where you kind of go through uh, what kind of looks like an outer space fire planet, but I think is supposed to be hell. I'm not really sure because you fight Hell the Cat uh, at the end. Um, after that, on the other versions of the game, you know, another asteroids level, but then you go to a level called Down the Tubes where you're underwater and you have to uh, constantly dodge these giant cats and hide from them almost. Um, instead, on the Sega CD version, there's a level called Big Broody. And Big Broody is another kind of level that's set up like What the Heck or New Junk City, except that this big red monster called Big Broody is all throughout the level. And if you come close enough to him, he'll sniff you and then just kind of charge your direction. And you need to use that that character one you have to avoid him because he'll kill you in one hit but then you also have to have him like charge you and then jump out of his way so he'll knock over walls to get through the level or launch you into the air if he can get him to to fall on a platform that you're on the other side of i mean it's it's an interesting level it's an interesting mechanic uh it's kind of frustrating it's not worth hunting down the sega cd version just for that uh but it's a it's nice to see an exclusive level that i did play Mm -hmm. and, and is not in any other version of this game but that's um so, uh, yeah, after Big Broody, then you'd go to Down the Tubes, and the game continues as normal from there. Down the Tubes has my favorite boss fight in any game ever, uh, where you fight really? against Bob the Goldfish. Yes, yeah. Uh, because Bob the Goldfish's <laughs> main fight is you run into a room, and he's a goldfish in a little goldfish bowl on a pedestal, and you it's like, fight! And you run up, and you just push over the pedestal, and, <laughs> and he falls to the ground because he's a goldfish. What's he going to do? And the level ends, and, uh, and of course, you know, you, you get on your rocket ship bike or whatever and fly on to the next anti-asteroids level even as a kid i felt i felt pretty damn shitty doing that <laughs> I had, it's another one i had trouble with that 
when I was younger. <laughs> and even now. And now I recall. It's like, oh, shit. What a fucking jerk move. It's kind of a one-sided fight. Well, yeah. It's, uh, uh, thankfully, because there are some other fights that are a lot tougher than that. Uh, there, there's a, another bunch of levels in this game. There's a total of 10 levels on the standard version, 12 on the uh, special edition version, because there's actually two New Junk Cities in the uh, the Sega CD special edition version. But the level I want to talk about, unless you guys want to go through those other levels on the way, is the For Pete's Sake level with Peter Puppy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Before I, I just get all over this game for that fucking level on its own, uh, I would like to say one of my favorite levels in the entire game is the, the bungee jumping boss. Yes. Um, and that one as a kid blew me away. Uh, that level is so good. Uh, I, I wish <laughs> I wish there was kind of more uh, just fun boss fights like that in the game. Um, if you've never played it, it's basically you, you and you and this slime monster boss that you're fighting are on bungee cords and you're going up and down. Um, and uh, basically the the idea is to hit each other into the rocks on each side of the screen. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, the the rope uh, or the slime will will come undone and, and whoever rips it apart, you know, they lose. Or the you know you win, but uh, that's that was probably my favorite level in the whole game, and uh, it just kind of sucked that when you do get to uh, for Pete's sake, that it, that it just makes you for, kind of forget all those really fun levels before because you get so fucking frustrated with just this one level. It's easily the hardest level in the game. Uh, it's it's I don't even want to call it an escort mission because it's not really an escort mission. Uh, oh. Peter Puppy is this little dog character. Who, who will slowly walk from one side of the level to the other, and your job is to protect him by shooting things and making him stop before he walks off a cliff. You can whip him with your, with your head, and that'll make him jump really high to get over things like pits. But if you fail at something, if you get him hit, if he falls into a pit, instead of the level immediately ending, which would be actually... That would be worse, so I'm glad that doesn't happen. But instead, <laughs> yeah. he kind of turns into this Frankenstein's monster giant purple dog man and immediately attacks you for failing to protect him, doing a, a sizable chunk out of your life, and uh, and then turn back into Peter Puppy and slowly cu- starts again, wandering from the left side to the right side. And it's a long level. It's super long. Uh, there aren't enough checkpoints for me uh, in that level at all for the kind of of level that it is. And a lot of it is you're going to fail a bunch until you memorize the level. There's not too many parts of this game that, that fall into that category that you have to memorize. It's, it, it's something that I don't think is a major deal, but a lot of current games don't make you do that. A lot of current games, you can see enough ahead, or there's things that'll kind of teach you what to do. This is definitely start-to-finish memorization uh, and re- repetition and just frustration, nonstop. And it's the only part in the whole game that, that really... You know, pulls this on you. I, I think yeah. up until this point, it's not that hard of a game. You know, it's definitely got some challenge to it, and you know, some some the uh, the platforming can can be a little bit uh can be a bit rough. Uh, but nothing on this level that as far as like the frustration levels, uh, it, it really it really got to me as a kid. I, I did end up beating the game several times just because you do eventually just memorize what you have to do and you can blow through it. But man, that first those first few times playing that game. That that stage is the one that I don't ever want to play. And I dre- and this was this was one of the first thoughts that came to my head when it was mentioned we were going to play Earthworm Jim. After the excitement died down, uh, it, it hit me. Oh shit! Yep. Uh, about ha- that level, that fucking level. Uh, yeah, as a kid, this was this is where it ended most of the time when I rented this game. 
this is where I dropped off at. Mm -hmm. And I took it back in. It wasn't until I, I actually I got my parents to buy it later on that I, that I had the time to sit down, memorize. This is probably one of those where I've got a fucking sheet of notebook paper somewhere <laughs> with some notes taken down. Yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, you're not going to get through this on your first go. You're, you're not going to get through it on the second. You're going to lose on this stage many a time. And it's it's just not fun. And and it's plopped right down in the middle of what is otherwise just an extremely fun, not overly difficult game. I, it just it's it's out of nowhere. As much as it's frustrating, as much as I don't like this level, it does play well. Like it's made it's made well. It's not like at any point did I feel like I was losing because I, you know, missed what I was doing or I couldn't control yeah. it very well. It's yeah, just no. extremely frustrating because uh -huh. it's supposed to be. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's why I can put up with it. That's why I can deal with how, how difficult it is and I'll work on it and I'll get through it because it is, it's designed to be that frustrating. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I say that's good or bad, but it's not a matter of just, yeah, this is a good idea and it's implemented badly. It's implemented just fine. It's just that it's the most frustrating part of the game, hands down. And actually, oh, once yeah. you get through this, there's only two more levels depending which version of the game you're playing there may only be one more level um and you're done and the, and that last level is a pretty straightforward platformer where you just shoot a bunch of things till eventually you fight uh queen uh slug for a butt take out queen slug for a butt to free her twin sister who looks a lot more attractive and doesn't have a slug for a butt and uh spoilers ahead of time if you're going to play earthworm jimmy you don't want this spoiled this is where the cow comes back in and i didn't realize that until i played it through this time that that's what happened. I don't know how I didn't pick up on this until this playthrough. But in the first level, you really? launch that cow <laughs> into the air, and at wow. the very end of the game, I mean, that's a hell you of a save cow. the princess, and all the cow falls on her at random. In my mind, as a kid, at random, and you're like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" Because the rest of the game's hilarious. There just things happen, and I didn't realize until this time through. I'm like, I bet that's the cow I launched on the first level. How dumb am I that I never pieced this together? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, I must have just been so blinded with rage from for Pete's sake that I didn't piece together the first few levels. I totally forgot about them because I just had to make sure I go through that dog level. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to have some patience for, for that payoff. I mean, that's for, for something you literally do uh, within the first three minutes of the of the first stage. Uh, you know, unless you're playing this all the way through in, in one sitting, uh, you, you might forget <laughs> that you even launched that cow. You know, because yeah. it, it just, you know, as a kid, the first time you do it just seems like a, a nice little funny random piece of humor. But uh, the, it does come back around at the end. Uh, one of one of the all time great endings, in my opinion. Well, it's it's a great game. I mean, I think it, it controls really well. I think it's funny the whole way through. I enjoy playing it. The only level that's annoying is that the Peter Puppy for Pete's sake mm -hmm. level. But everything else, even the ones that are a little frustrating are great. I, I mean, I, I think this is a classic game. Uh, I think it's it, it well deserves a sequel, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but it's also one that I think has aged perfectly well. I enjoyed playing it through this time. I enjoyed playing the HD remake that came out a couple years ago. I mean, I I would love to see another Jim game at some point in the future uh, that's not just a remake of the original because this is a, a solid game, solid character with a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and this was a uh, uh, this is a hit with me. It was then. Uh, still is now. At uh, no point in time did I doubt I was going to pick this game back up uh, and not like it all these years later. This is a, a, a true classic from the 16-bit era. I think you uh, are doing yourself a disservice if you are a platformer fan or just a, a fan of uh, games with a, uh, an odd sense of humor. Uh, you really need to go out and play this one. 
I think the thing that actually surprised me the most, I knew I was going to still enjoy this game to, mm-hmm. the, to this day, but I did not know how well the humor was going to hold up. Mm-hmm. And there was still a lot of times where I was, you know, it had me actually laughing out loud just because I'd forgotten uh, some of the, the random nonsense that's in this game. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the whole thing somehow manages to hold up even the humor, which is one of the hardest things to do in games. Yes. Well, especially if you're dealing in the mid nineties. Oh yeah. I mean, otherwise you've got like what booger man or, or something like that. You know, that, that was what humor was in, in video games for the most part. Uh, very, very few games could, could do funny. And I think earthworm Jim is, is probably the best. Yeah. So the sequel came out a year later. Earthworm Jim 2 definitely builds on ideas from the first. Uh, I think it goes a little crazy in a lot of parts, uh, but neither of you guys had played this before this podcast, oh. right? No. Uh-uh. No. So I, I, I had played it before. I got fairly far. But uh, I guess what were your first, you know, playing the first few levels, mainly once you get to the second level, I guess, Lorenzo's Soil, what what did you think of the second game compared to the first? Just first, you know, first... um. Jesus, I can't forget how to talk now. Hold on. Oh, let me try that with words that make sense. What were your first <laughs> impressions of Earthworm Jim 2 versus Earthworm Jim 1? Uh, for me, it it starts off, and that's the key word here. It starts off as a much more just refined version of the first mm-hmm. game, which is exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted. Um, unfortunately, it does not stay like that. <laughs> uh, but, you know... For as far as playing it, you know, this is very much like the like the first game with a few new added things that that Jim can do. Yeah, and instead of the you know the first game, Jim could turn his head into a helicopter, and he was able to use his tail to whip things, which also grab things. This game simplifies it to some level. Now Jim only uses his tail to attack things. Uh, his tail he only uses his head as a whip to attack things. Uh, but instead now he has this character Snot that rides in his backpack. Snot was not in the first game. Snot's just a big green ball of Snot that rides in his backpack. He can use Snot, he launches it forward to grip onto uh, what looks like goo hanging from ceilings in certain levels to then swing around on that, uh, like Pitfall. And he also then uses Snot as a parachute instead of turning his head into a helicopter blade. But it serves the exact same purpose. Uh, The other major difference in what Jim can do in these standard gym levels is there are a bunch of other uh, optional power-up shots you find. So you'll walk along the level and you'll find a shot that looks like uh, the top of a roof or whatever. And it's it's a like a homing missile thing that shoots off. There are a, a three-way shot. There's a lot of optional guns that you can pick up that were not in the original game that, that are interesting. I mean, I don't think they're you know deal breakers or, or you know game changers necessarily, but it's interesting. And I think some of the guns are kind of funny. Yeah, they didn't really. I mean, they're in there, and it's. Uh, I, I never really was like, oh man, I, I'm glad I picked that up. Uh, mm. it, they just kind of seemed like they were there as, as, like the game was like, well, we probably need some more power ups for the gun or something like that. But uh, the game isn't 
action heavy enough for that to really matter. I mean, Jim's no, no. Uh, standard machine or laser gun, whatever the hell it is, is, is more than enough to get you through the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seemed like the, the other stuff was just there to add, add a bit of variety to something that didn't really require variety. Yeah, it, it wasn't something necessary, and yeah, nothing. I mean, there it may be fun to you know shoot them off, see the the uh, the animations and whatnot for them, but yeah, I, I never at any point in time felt undergunned with the with just the the standard issue. Uh, one of the main differences between the Sega Genesis version of Earthworm Jim Two and the Super Nintendo version specifically is you could in the Super Nintendo version you could cycle through those weapon power ups so you could kind of save them, go back to your regular blaster, or make sure you use up certain ones in other spots. The Genesis mm. version you can't. It's whatever you've picked up is what you can use, and then once they're gone, it goes back to your other gun. So it's mm-hmm. there's no way to cycle through them. It's, so that was, it wasn't even like you need to save them. Oh, like these these fights will be harder. I want to save these guns. In the Genesis version, it's obvious that you can't do that. So. I think a lot of those guns are just there kind of for flavor. Uh, you know, they make a few things easier, but they're not they're not required to get through anything. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're wondering, uh, the same issues from the, the first uh, Genesis and Super Nintendo v- version of the game, uh, it, they are still there. Uh, the Super Nintendo is actually still zoomed in. It's not as bad as the first. Uh, and uh, the colors, this almost looks like a, wholly, like a whole different game. On yeah. the Super Nintendo, compared to like what the colors are on the Genesis. Um, so, if you thought this was going to be like a Mortal Kombat 2 situation where the Super Nintendo got the definitive version, uh, finally, uh, no, it's it's still just a little bit too zoomed in from for my for my comfort. So, the first level is is pretty standard. It's what you'd expect a sequel to Earthworm Jim to be. The second level, they start mixing things up a little bit. The second level is called Lorenzo Soil, and the whole mechanic of the level, first off, there's a time limit that you can find a lot of different clocks in the level to give you some more time, but there's a strict time limit you have to follow, uh, which includes grabbing those times to extend it. Uh, and then you're just kind of blasting mm-hmm. through, almost like if you're blasting through anthills, so you have to, to constantly dig your way to find new tunnels and uncover other tunnels by using your gun to blast a bunch of dirt out of the way above you. Um, it's an interesting level. I don't think it's actually done very well. I think it's a, a kind of awkward. There's a lot of parts where if you're not shooting the exact right spot, the sand doesn't fall. It doesn't continue the passageway. Mm-hmm. You'll run out of time just based on being off by a pixel or two of a gun that, that doesn't have a clear firing range. When you fire Jim's blaster, sometimes you can just see him firing, and it kind of fires off in a direction. But it's not like it's a beam that you see clearly is going from point A to point B. Yeah, and this uh, this seemed like the level where they were really wanting to to show off uh, what what snot can do, mm-hmm. uh, because you've got to use him a lot, and uh, turns out he's not as accurate as you want him to. Well, you have to be extremely accurate with where you put the aim snot so that you can make some of these jumps. And yes. uh, there were definitely a few times where I I had to do it several times just to just to get to get snot to hit where I needed him to hit. So I could launch Jim forward to to grab onto the to the other pipe. Yeah, my my praise for the controller, the control in the first one, doesn't carry over as much on this one. Yeah, I ran into a lot of issues like what Jeremy is talking about. It, it's awkward, and, and I think a lot of the levels, you know, the the first game probably has eight levels that I'd say are standard Earthworm Jim style platforming, you know, map levels. Where this game, it's probably half of those levels and half. 
almost like a collection of mini games it feels like in parts or, or like here's a bunch of cool ideas for levels we don't need a story to tie them together uh, there is a story that ties it all together but it's actually in the manual like it tells you in the manual each level and kind of why you're there so it's not it doesn't tell you in the game why you're at certain levels it doesn't tell you why you're digging your way out of this hole uh, for for the second level and it's it clearly doesn't explain the next level which is to replace you know in the first game you had and the asteroids, where you do this this tunnel dodging of, of of asteroids. This game doesn't have that. Instead, the reoccurring level, which is thankfully not between every level, but enough times, is a Peter Puppy level. Now, again, Jesus. that was the worst level in the first game. But instead of him going slowly from one side to the other while you dodge and, and hide and make sure he doesn't get hurt, uh, instead, this is Psycho has his puppies. And he's throwing them out a window, and you have to catch them with this bouncy net and bounce them to the safety of Peter Puppy on the other side of the screen, which is seems like it would be easy. It reminds me a lot of the, uh, was it Circus Atari in some ways? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it gets more and more terrible in that there's four, five, six puppies going at one time, and you're literally trying to run to specific spots over and over again to stop the puppies from hitting the ground. Thankfully, it doesn't happen after one puppy hits the ground, but after four puppies have hit the ground, Peter Puppy again turns into this Frankenstein's monster purple dog and attacks you, doing a third of your life roughly, just under a third of your life. So if you have 100% of your life, he can turn into Frankenstein three times before it ends the level on you, and you lose a life if you miss that many dogs. And you have to continue to bounce these dogs between Psycho and the house and Peter Puppy until eventually Psycho throws a bomb. And you get the bomb to Peter Puppy, who then freaks out that he has a bomb and throws it back at Psycho and explodes. And and you have to go through, every time you come to one of these levels, three to four stages where each one has an increasing number of puppies. It's a long, uh, you know, kind of medium bonus level. I don't even know what you want to call it. They're long each time. They're not easy. I think they're the hardest parts of the game again and probably the least fun. Boy, let me tell you. <laughs> could have done without this you know the peter puppy stage in the first one it's a stage uh you know you 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 finish it and that's it this is not uh, this shit and as enjoyable as the bonus stage was in the first one yeah I, I genuinely like that one this is just a, it's a fucking slog and you when you finish a level you start to tense up because you know it's coming <laughs> i <laughs> It's, it's just it's so just I mean, if, if you thought that you got to that second stage in this game and, and was thinking, well, maybe this is trying to do uh, some things that just aren't quite what Earthworm Jim is. You know, it's not playing to its strengths of being a fun mm-hmm. action platformer. Um, this is about the you hit this stage and you're just like, oh, no, this is <laughs> this isn't what I wanted at all. Yeah, uh, this is a- just a weird mini game. It, it's just awful. And it goes on forever. Every like, single yeah. time it's on there, uh, this is not a quick, you know, two or three minute thing. This can go on for like seven to eight minutes. This takes uh, as long as it takes as long as the stage. Yeah, I mean, and it just go, finished. Yeah. Oh God, this one, and and you know, you think that this is about as bad as it's going to get. Well, I mean, it probably it is. Yes, but uh, the game still continues to surprise with some of the weird ass shit that it wants to throw at you, and the whole time, uh, this was my what just was in my head the entire time for the most part I was playing this game was this is not the game I want to play. Mm-hmm. Like I want to play Earthworm Jim and for the most just I, I swear like three fourths of this game you're not playing Earthworm Jim. Yeah it's a bunch of, of bizarre 
almost one-off levels loosely tied together with a story that you need the manual to understand why you're going from place to place. Uh, you know, the first the first level is the only real level we've talked about so far where it felt like an earthworm gym. Then you go through the, the learners of soil shooting the, the ground level, the puppy level. The next level is one where you play as a blind cave salamander. Uh, that yes. can slowly float around. <laughs> you you have a gun, but you, it's not really a, a shooting level. You're kind of going through. It looks like a like intestines, but also with pinball machine parts. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to tell you what this reminds me of. Uh, have any of you played fucking Bart's Nightmare? Yes, yes. yes it reminds me a lot of Bart's yes. Nightmare. Just actually. a series of just bizarre, very different mini games, which which is just just what this thing feels like. It's just. Everybody in, in, working on this game had an idea. If you showed up, you got your idea put in. I, I don't fucking know how, uh, but it just it just felt just like Bart's Nightmare, which actually at least has a, a shit. I'm not gonna. I didn't think I'd say anything good about that game. It just <laughs> <laughs> it had a little more reason to it. But I, as I played through it, I just I got that same bad taste in my mouth as when I played that game. You're talking about this salamander stage, it doesn't just stop at that you know being a, a weird blind cave salamander in an intestines or stomach or something that's also a pinball machine mm-hmm. you also get a quiz show in the same stage and then after the quiz show you have to do a memory game it, it is just bizarre what they were thinking what you bring trying to do this yeah this level's all over the place specifically i mean it, Every part of the level, I mean, it was, this is the level I remembered in the game when we were going to do this. I was like, you know, I know I got pretty far and I did beat this before. Uh, and, and the next levels uh, after that, that level where the cave salamander, uh, it's another normal earthworm gym style level. Uh, that's kind of a circus based level. And then this is the level where I stopped before and it's not that hard, but I, I guess I just decided I wasn't going to play this anymore at that point. The next level is called the Flying King, and it's a mm. level where you are... It's almost a three-quarter overhead shooter, like yeah. Viewpoint or Zaxxon, and you're... It's not even a shooter, though, because... I mean, it is a shooter in some ways, but you're kind of bouncing this giant balloon that has a bomb on the bottom from one end of the stage to the other. And if you accidentally shoot that balloon, it explodes, and you have to go all the way back to the beginning... And if you lose track where the balloon is, you can turn around and head the other way to find it again. But it, I, I don't know what they were aiming at. It's kind of like, oh, here's all these parts of the games that we can not do successfully. It's not a good shooter game level. It's not a good puzzle level. It's just this bizarre gauntlet of misery. You didn't have to do this with Earthworm Jim. I... I, I, I... I'm always, I always respect when when someone makes a sequel and it's not a just a carbon copy, you know. But really, the, the first game was so solid. You had your base right there. You didn't have to, you know, go to these lengths to to freshen it up. Shit. Uh, and that's this, what's so infuriating about it. Yes, I mean, it's, it, like it's not had, like they they fucked up the first game and they were trying to throw everything at the wall to see what yes. would what would hit this time. They made a hell of a fuck. They made an all-time classic action platformer. Yes. And all they had to do with Earthworm Jim 2 is to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, I, I appreciate them mixing things up. But there are just large swaths in this game where you don't actually get to play the game you, you wanted to, to rent or buy. Uh, again, it's not even like the, the sections are 
it makes sense story-wise. So you don't really know why you're doing any of these things. It's just like, yeah, here's the level. Here's what you do next. It does feel like, like if this was based on the, the cartoon show that they put out based on Earthworm Jim, and I don't think it is. I think the cartoon came out after this. But it would at least make more sense to me to say, oh, I remember these episodes, and this is just a uh-huh. bunch of games based around episodes. Uh-huh. But it's just a bunch of bizarre games tied together loosely. Um, and like you said, you want, it to do, you want this game to be something different than the first one, like a build on it. They don't need to go crazy with it, but just yeah. have yeah, some yeah. enhancements. The next level, and I think there's a puppy level in the middle here somewhere again, the second level of the puppy level, but I don't want to talk about those anymore. Uh, the next <laughs> real level is the cow level. I liked the cow level, but I don't know if everyone else liked the cow level. It's another standard Earthworm Jim style map. But in order to progress through parts of the map, you have to find these cows and carry them to the barn so that they'll be milked in the barn and all their milk will make a gate raise. I like this level. I thought this level was fun. It builds on what the other game did, but also adds kind of a puzzle element to it uh, while Mm -hmm. still keeping it to feel like a platformer. Like If every level was interesting like this level, to me at least, I think it would have been a slam dunk game. Yeah, I think this one. I I was actually glad. You know, I was I, I was probably just so glad to go back to an actual Earthworm Jim style stage. Yeah, uh, I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, it was it's fine. Uh, it it does go on for quite a while though. Um, if you're actually like exploring and then trying to you know get to some of the stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's fine. I, I wish they would have done more. Uh, like you said, with with this style of of just mm-hmm. integrating something different into these side-scrolling stages, even though, you know, like they tried it in the second stage and it, it didn't quite work. I, I At least I, I would have had more fun with this game if they would have kept trying to do that. Yeah, I, I was I was pleased, especially coming off, you know, the stage before. I was pleased to see it back to this style. Uh, and, and yeah, this is more of what I wanted. Give me my, my side-scrolling, you know, Earthworm Jim. You know, toss in stuff like this to, you know, kind of freshen it up. Uh, I didn't have any trouble with this stage, um, but I mean, I was fucking taking what they could give me at this point. <laughs> well, I, like I said, this stage was fun, and actually, I think from this point on, with the exception of the third Peter Puppy stage that shows up again, I think the rest of the game is actually kind of what I imagined this game would be. It's like the first level is what you think the game would be, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's not what you think Earthworm Jim should be, and then it mm-hmm. ends again with some fairly standard and, and well-made Earthworm Jim levels. The uh, yeah. ISO 9000 is is a level I wasn't a fan of necessarily, but at least it still was a 2D scrolling map exploration maze, but it's in like a, an office setting, so there's paper everywhere, and there's all these giant file cabinets you have to use as a, a ladder along with dodging their attacks, which made it very difficult, but at least that was a level. Like, it felt like an Earthworm Jim level. Mm-hmm. And then the, the meat level, level eight, where everything's like you're running through food and stuff. That reminded me of, of actually Rayman in, in, in many ways. But I, yeah. like that level was great, too. Both those levels, excellent platforming levels. And mm-hmm. were what I imagined Earthworm Jim 2 would be was, was yeah. those levels. Yeah, I mean, this, this game, when it sticks more to the original, you know, the side-scrolling formula, is an excellent game. And, and, you know, very what I wanted in a sequel. But when they go off the when they go off the beaten path, they and like I said, I appreciate it when a developer does, but they just go too far. Yeah, I just I wish they would have, you know, those those little one off stages, um, maybe if they were just a lot shorter or just kind of put put in between some of the, the, the more regular actiony stages. Uh, they would have been easier to swallow, but there's just a good chunk of the the first half of the game where the, it's just one after another. 
uh, of those kinds of stages. And um, didn't mention that one stage where you have to actually blow up Jim's head uh, to float him through the, the water level. Um, that one wasn't exactly the greatest either. Um, but there was just a, I don't know, there's just a lot of stuff here that I, I didn't want to play. And I, you have to really work to get through it, to get to the part of the game that's the, towards the end of the game that kind of goes back to being Earthworm Jim. I had blacked out that level where you inflate your head. I, I had forgotten that level because it, it's another level that it doesn't reward you for playing well. It rewards you for memorizing. And yes. and I'm not a giant fan of that. I mean, I know a lot of games did that. I mean, you can't you can't play a Mega Man game and say that's not part of the game. But but for some reason in a game like Mega Man, it doesn't annoy me to the way it did in these levels that you had to memorize. Uh, it just it, that was not an enjoyable level. An interesting mechanic. I mean, the first time it happened, I was like, that's a cool thing. But then the level goes on way way too long. It's the and, whole level, and yeah, it keeps it keeps going and going. And by the time uh, that one <laughs> was finished, I was like, oh, I don't know how much more I can do with this. Now, the last level, did you guys get to and finish the last level? Uh, I did not get past the meat level. Okay. The meat level, that is where I also concluded my, uh, my playing. Uh, the meat level I, I enjoyed. I mean, I finished it. It was hard, but it wasn't impossible. Uh, the last level is probably my least favorite. And I hate to say it's the least favorite level in the game because I think the dog levels are way worse. But I think as... So the end of this game has no real boss. The end of this game is just a race. It's a level where you have to, to make from the start of the level to the end of the level in a perfect run because you're racing against Psycro to get to the princess because apparently whoever gets the princess first gets to become king and therefore rule the world. It doesn't matter what the reason is, but it's, an, it's another long, perfect... You have to make a perfect run on a level that you, you know, you have to just try to... You know, every time you play it, you'll get two inches farther as you remember that, and then you start at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you run all the way through, and you get three inches farther, and you die again, and you have to memorize that. And if you... There are certain points like gates in the level where if you're not, if you don't get there before Psycho, uh, who a lot of the time will jump ahead of you through a secret passage or whatever, uh, if, if you don't get to these certain parts before he does, he slams a gate on you and it doesn't tell you that you're stuck, but it just it doesn't let you progress anymore and you have to dodge things till eventually you die. Oh, and again, yeah, I, I actually watched this and it, it, it does not look very fun. Well, it's super no. long and it's not like you have unlimited chances. It's one thing if this game was like, hey, you get to the last level, here's a password, you now have unlimited chances. No, I mean, you have a number of lives, a number of continues, and every time you lose at this, you lose a life. So eventually you're going to run out of lives and have to start over the whole game to get back to this level, which means playing through those three damn dog stages and everything else to get back to this race and hopefully remember what you did the previous time to get farther and farther in it. Even with save states, and I didn't save state super cheat it where I like I got a foot farther and saved it, but still, I still didn't finish this level. And I, I thought, th- this would have driven me insane with the cartridge version. If I would have gotten this far and this was the end, I never would have finished this. And I didn't finish it this time either. And, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I hit that third dog level. And, uh, <laughs> and that was about, that was the end for me. I could not, the meat level is, is after that. Um, so I didn't, you know, that's about where I got. And I was just, I can't do this anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, you watch a, a long play of it. And of course they're, they're playing this race level with Psycho perfect. Um, and you don't really quite get the frustration of what, what you're saying. So I'm kind of glad I stopped there because I probably not like this game even more than I already do. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame. I've, I've, because that first game starts off so strong and, Oh, I feel like all they had to do was just hang in there, you know, stick to it, 
just give us something similar and you would have, you know, just like back-to-back classics. Well, it just seems like they tried to do too many things. They tried to to take this character and they added a whole bunch of, I mean, again, if it was based on a movie or a show that it all made sense why they were each level was how it was maybe i would have forced my way through it i mean like you mentioned bart's nightmare that's a terrible game but we all played it <laughs> because we all knew the characters we all knew the references it was coming from it, you know yes. we forced ourselves to play some terrible games i played that three stooges game a million times that game is garbage oh, hot oh my garbage God, really? but wow. but i played it a million times because i knew i mean my dad was a big three stooges fan i knew those those shorts uh and and i didn't have a lot of games so what else are you going to do but this is it's still not terrible. Each of these games is okay. Even the ones we didn't really like aren't badly playing games. It's just there's no consistency. It just feels like I'm playing a mash of things and then it ends. Like it, it, knowing that the end is just a race, it's like yeah, that's it. And then they, they, the game ends. Mm-hmm. The end. Uh, you know that said, as much as we just complain about, it, I still would say this is not a bad game necessarily. If you are a massive Earthworm Jim fan from the first one, it's worth playing this. But I don't think it holds up nearly as well as the original. No, I mean it's it's not it's not an awful game. It's just it's not what I wanted. Um, but you know, I found out over the years I'd never get what I fucking want. <laughs> but um, it's it's fine. No, it, I mean, it, it, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating to see yeah. what you know maybe what they could have done and and maybe focus more on on the the great things that that they did in the first game instead of just pulling this weird you know angle to the right and doing all this crazy shit uh, it's just I, I would like to thank billy though for uh, bringing up bart's nightmare which is officially going on my list for games uh for the podcast oh here we go oh boy <laughs> so so we did get one good thing out of earthworm gym 2 i wouldn't say we got one good thing <laughs> well unfortunately uh if you didn't think you liked earthworm gym 2 <laughs> uh, after Earthworm Jim 2 came out, uh, or maybe the same time frame generally, Shiny was sold to Interplay. Uh, Interplay made a bunch of other games. The, the Terrible Clay Fighter, which actually Earthworm Jim makes an appearance in, uh, is an Interplay game. They, they made a lot of games that are not memorable. Um, and they decided during the Nintendo 64 era, since everybody else had a fully 3D platformer, uh, this was their time as well. They needed a, a character to do it, and Earthworm Jim seemed like the perfect choice. Uh, however, a couple issues. One, none of the original design team were involved in it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, half the team, uh, Doug Tendapel, who we had mentioned earlier, was kind of the voice and the character of Earthworm Jim, had already left the company. Um, I don't believe Steve Perry... Steve Perry. I don't believe Dave Perry was even interested uh, in working on this game or even asked to. Uh, Steve Perry also not involved, but, uh, but Dave Perry is the one that would matter. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, and they wanted to make, instead of just a straight 3D platformer, which still probably would have been bad based on all the other 3D platformers that aren't Mario 64, they tried to make it more like Banjo-Kazooie where it was a, a hub world with missions and all these little side things to do uh, and it's a mess. Uh, I did not play it for the purpose of this podcast. I remember when it came out I did try it and I was not pleased with it so I didn't pick it up anymore. I thought oh here's another terrible 3D game what a horrible mess. Uh, but I watched some videos of it just to remember if maybe I just don't remember it right. But I do. It's a horrible mess that is not well received by anybody. Uh, and, and unfortunately that's kind of the last big hurrah for Jim. Uh, they did make a like a 3DS, not 3DS, a, a Game Boy Advanced game that was kind of a remix of the first, uh, but I guess counts as its own new game. But but that was it. That was this was unfortunately the last anyone had uh, had heard of Jim was this bad 3D game, 
and uh, and then he vanished. This, in general, nothing else has happened since. But I guess there's still interest, as they did do a full HD remake uh, three or four years ago for the Xbox 360 and, and PS3, which was excellent. But it's again just a HD remake of the original game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I I, I just wish there was more with Warm Jim. Uh, but you know, going that that 3D platformer route was what it, that was the new hotness uh, back then. Um, you know what made Jim famous and and what he could do really well was a 2D action platformer, and those went out of style really quick as soon as yeah. the PlayStation and, and Nintendo 64 hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, his attempt, much like a Bubsy 3D, it's a it's wow. a better attempt than Bubsy 3D. Um, he, it just didn't fly, and that that was that was it. It's it's it kind of sucks. I, I yeah, wish there cause... was just something else out there with him in it. Yeah, because I mean, in, in in the sea of these these mascot type characters, this is one of the most memorable. Uh, you know, still one of my favorite. Uh, and like we had said earlier in the earlier in the show, this game really uh, nailed things in the humor department, which no other game was doing at the time that well. And this this is certainly a character that deserves a lot better, and to and really to still be out there. If you are a fan of the Earthworm Jim series and, and its humor, and you didn't listen to our uh, the, the episode, the Neverhood episode, um, Skull Monkeys, Skull Monkeys episode, uh, that is uh, about as close to a, an actual sequel to Earthworm Jim uh, for the PlayStation era is what you're you're going to get. Yeah, but that and the uh, even though it's a different style of game, the MDK games and Wild Nine, the other things that Steve. Pa- God, he did it again. That Dave Perry put out <laughs> uh, are very similar to humor to the original. Uh, Earthworm Jim style of of game, you know, it's it's got his. It feels very similar. I mean, they're different styles of games. Wild Nine is a much more run and gun action game, but it still has a some neat puzzles you use uh, that make the levels more interesting than just straight up left to right, uh, you know, contra style blasting levels. So those I highly recommend. And again, I think Skull Monkeys, you're right, dead on. That's that's exactly the kind of feel that the original Earthworm Jim has. But mm-hmm. uh, that said, I think the original Earthworm Jim on its own is a classic everyone should play it if you like you know if you like 2d action games at all then there's no reason not to like earthworm jim oh yeah so next episode we are going to do something we've never done before Uh, and it's weird in some ways because I'll do this action in games that have it as a mini game every single oh, time, man. but I've never played a full-on fishing game. But uh, Billy recommends <laughs> it was Super Black Bass on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's what we're gonna that's do. Your fishing game. I I can't believe we're doing that, but at the same time, I'm actually very excited about it because after we talked about it, and I was like, I don't know why I would do that. I realized I've spent hundreds of hours fake fishing in World of Warcraft. That's not even <laughs> that's not even fishing. You just click and wait on a timer. You don't do anything else. And I fished in Final Fantasy 15, and I fished in every game you can possibly fish in. So why not do it in a game specifically about fishing? So that'll be our next episode, uh, which should show up in two weeks. But since the last episode we uh, we posted, there's been a major bit of retro news uh, that we all kind of saw coming, but it's been officially announced. The uh, the Super Nintendo Classic is coming from uh, from mm. Nintendo. It's got 21 or 22, uh, actually a very, very solid 16-bit lineup. Uh, but I'm going to be honest, I am not interested. No, uh, you know, I read this, and I think, my, I, think I initially... I, I, 
you know, spoke to you guys immediately after reading this. And, you know, I think my quote to you was, I'm, I'm so excited to not be able to ever fucking find this thing in the store. I'm just, you know, after the, the NES classic, that has just soured me. And I just, unless they are really seriously going to put out a realistic number of these, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to search for this thing like I did the NES classic. I mean, I went out of town looking for that thing. I had other people looking for it. This one, if I walk into Target one day to get some groceries and it, there's one there, I'll pick it up. I'm, I'm not going to put the legwork in this time. Uh, nice lineup of games. Solid lineup of games. I think the uh, Star Fox 2, probably, uh, if you're a fan of the first one, that's probably a, a reason alone you might want to pick it up. But I just, uh, just not excited. Just not looking forward to it. It's weird because, you know, back uh, the one podcast uh, where we were talking about the, the first mini NES and mm-hmm. just how excited we were oh, yeah. uh, about that. And none and of to, us. And, and to be brought to this. Yeah. I, we, I, I saw that and I was like, well, seeing it on this web page is probably the only time I'm ever actually going to see one. Um, like, like everyone else, I never, never saw a mini NES, um, or classic edition, whatever the fuck they called it. Um, and I, like you, I went out and looked, never saw one. Um, it, it just, it sucks. You know, you, you want to give Nintendo money for this stuff. It's, it's an awesome idea. You know, it may not be, uh, you know, more people may have wanted the, the NES, but for me, the super Nintendo is, is the system I have the most nostalgia mm-hmm. with. And this is a mm-hmm. great great selection of games um you, you can make the argument you could just play them on an emulator but i would totally buy this just to have it you know uh, but i'm not going to be able to because nintendo is just incapable of making more than a couple of thousand systems for everyone in the world to have it, it's just it's crazy just how much money they throw away well the the lineup of games on it is better than the NES Classic lineup. I mean, I think NES Classic, for me personally, is a better collection because that's that's what I grew up playing, and those are the games I want to play. But the Super Nintendo lineup, I don't think there's a bad game on it. Honestly, I mean, no. there may be games I don't care for, but I can't say any of them are bad games. You got, you got Zelda, you got Super Metroid, Super Mario World, and Earthbound. I mean, so many games that that are wonderful. I mean, I, and I'm I'm going to say this: if I find one, I will buy it. I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't want that. I do want it. I think it's neat, but I. Yeah, the, the the ability to not get the original NES Classic has made it so I'm I'm just surly about it. And the fact that Nintendo's even starting by saying, oh, we're only going to make a limited amount. We're going to make more than we did to the NES Classic, but it's still a short run. It's kind of... Uh-uh. Part of me thinks it's not even a matter for them of... of you know, I think they're... They're going to make money on it either way. They don't care. And I think the, you know Nintendo's always been big on not making too many things because they don't want to see it in the $5 discount bin. So I get their concern in some ways. But I think for them, this is the, if they limit these things, all it's going to do is make people want to play these games. And I think they're, um, you know, the, the online service for the Switch is going to have that, you know, unlimited play of, of a bunch of classic games they haven't listed. But why wouldn't it just be both lineups from the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic? If they just put mm-hmm. those on as their online service for the Switch, then they can say to everyone who didn't get this by the end of the year, well, you know, sorry you didn't get this, but. You know, our new online service comes online in January, and all the games on the Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic are going to be free if you get our online service. I, I think for them, it's win-win and free advertising. Well, that that would be very forward-thinking for Nintendo, but they're, you know, what's what's the chances of them ever doing anything like that? Um, it, it just seems like, you know, it, it's it, 
it's just frustrating uh, as as far as someone who who has some disposable income and wants stupid shit like this uh, to not be able to just go to a store and get one. Um, you know, I, I really hope that the Switch uh, does have, you know, a, a virtual console library like what you were talking about. Uh, but at the same time, I just wanted a tiny Super Nintendo. I wanted a tiny Nintendo. That was the main draw for me was was just to kind of have those things. Um, but it, and it just kind of sucks to to not be able to to get one. I think we're just thinking, you know, it's a cool thing, but I think we're just thinking realistically that much like the mini NES, we will never see one of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like Jeremy P said, I'm not going to say if face to face with one, I'm going to turn it down. I'm just saying that I know I'm not going to be face to face with one. It's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, sorry, it's a damn shame. Uh, but just the NES Classic was just handled so... And I've ate, I've eaten my crow over the Switch. I have. Um, there was no crow that needed to be eaten over that NES Classic. That, uh, you know, to go from as excited as we were to just as dejected as we were about it to, you know, not being as excited about this thing as we should. I mean, this fucking lineup is just a, a kid's dream back in that time. You wished you owned all these Super Nintendo games. Uh, but but yeah, I just I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be the same thing. And, you know, by the end of the year, this thing is also going to be no longer produced. And we'll see what they do after that. But hey, for the 10 people out there that find one of these things, you're in for a hell of a time. That's a, that's a great lineup of, of games. Surprisingly, a game not on the Super Nintendo Classic is our next game, Super Black Bass. <laughs> For the Nite- Super How? Nintendo, who who someone needs to be fired. Who we made this say that for the the Super Nintendo but, uh, Classic Two? Yeah, we've got Super Black Bass, but I think also we may fit in uh, maybe a little talk of some other fishing games here and there. Uh, obviously, there's not enough time to play every fishing title out there, but uh, and you wouldn't want to play all the fishing titles out there. But Super Black Bass, uh, I recall being the gold standard. I had an uncle who risked going to jail over a copy of Super Black Bass, which I, I will talk more about next episode. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad Jeremy uh, Gregory brought this up from the second he brought up the idea of a fishing episode. I was hooked. Oh, <laughs> if you can expect more amazing puns like that. Also, that story might be the best possible advertiser for the next episode I've ever heard. I need to hear about your uncle. Uh, and I'm going to be on it anyway, because otherwise it would be a very quiet episode of Retro Vaniacs. But hopefully yes. everyone else will uh, will tune in. I promise you a fishing game will somehow be interesting for an hour plus. Uh, <laughs> do check out our next episode. But until then, make sure to find us on Retrovania.net. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Retrovania.net, and we will see you next time. Despite his great big muscles and his really big ray gun, Jim is still an earthworm, but then he's the only one with a super suit to make him really super strong. Jim can be a winner if we only sing a lullaby. Earthworm Jim! We think he's mighty fine. Earthworm Jim! A hero for all time! Earthworm, 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 earthworm Jim! Oh, wait for Jim! Groovy!